Chapter Forty, Part One of Struggles and Triumphs, or Forty Years' Recollections of P. T. Barnum, written by himself. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Struggles and Triumphs of P. T. Barnum chapter forty my war on the railroads part one during my membership in the connecticut legislature of eighteen sixty five i made several new friends and agreeable acquaintances and many things occurred sometimes in the regular proceedings and sometimes as episodes which made the session memorable on one occasion a representative who was a lawyer introduced resolutions to reduce the number of representatives urging that the house was too large and ponderous a body to work smoothly that a smaller number of persons could accomplish business more rapidly and completely and in fact that the connecticut legislature was so large that the members did not have time to get acquainted with each other before the body adjourned sin die i replied that the larger the number of representatives the more difficult it would be to tamper with them and if they all could not become personally acquainted so much the better for there would be fewer rings and less facilities for forcing improper legislation as the house seemed to be thin now i will move to lay my resolutions on the table remarked the member but i shall call them up when there is a full house according to the gentleman's own theory i replied the smaller the number the surer are we to arrive at correct conclusions now therefore is just the time to decide and i move that the gentleman's resolutions be considered this proposition was second amid a roar of laughter and the resolutions were almost unanimously voted down before the member fairly comprehended what was going on he afterwards acknowledged it as a pretty fair joke and at any rate as an effective one the state house at hartford was a disgrace to connecticut the hall of representatives was too small there were no committee rooms and the building was utterly unfit for the purposes to which it was devoted the state house at new haven was very little better and i made a strong effort to secure the erection of a new edifice in both cities i was chairman of the committee on new state houses and during our investigations it was ascertained that bridgeport middleton and meridian would each be willing to erect a state house at its own cost if the city should be selected as the new capital of the state these movements aroused the jealousy of hartford and new haven which at once appointed committees to wait upon us the whole matter however finally went by default and the question was never submitted to the people it is quite possible however that ere long the citizens of bridgeport or meridian will offer to build a capital and that one of these two cities with the entire consent of the rest of the state 
including the inhabitants of hartford and new haven will become the capital of connecticut as the session drew near its close the railroad controversy culminated by my introduction of a bill to amend the act for the regulation of railroads by the interpolation of the following section 508 no railroad company which has had a system of commutation fares in force for more than four years shall abolish alter or modify the same except for the regulation of the price charged for such commutation and such price shall in no case be raised to an extent that shall alter the ratio between such commutation and the rates then charged for wayfare on the railroad of such company the new york and new haven railroad company seem determined to move heaven and earth to prevent the passage of this law the halls of legislation were thronged with railroad lobbyists who buttonholed nearly every member my motives were attacked and the most foolish slanders were circulated not only every legal man in the house was arrayed against me but occasionally a country member who had promised to stick by and aid in checking the cupidity of railroad managers would drop off and be found voting on the other side i devoted many hours and even days to explaining the true state of things to the members from the rural regions and although the prospect of carrying this great reform looked rather dark i felt that i had a majority of the honest and disinterested members of the house with me finally senator ballard informed me that he had canvassed the senate and was convinced that the bill could be carried through that body if i could be equally successful with the house at last it was known that the final debate would take place and the vote be taken on the morning of july thirteenth when the day arrived the excitement was intense the passages leading to the hall were crowded with railroad lobbyists for nearly every railroad in the state had made common cause with the new york and new haven company and every representative was in his seat except the sick man who had doctored the railroads till he needed doctoring himself the debate was left off by skirmishes on each side and was finally closed on the part of the railroads by mr harrison of new haven who was the chairman of the railroad committee mr henry b harrison was a close and forcible debater and a clear-headed lawyer his speech exhibited considerable thought and his earnestness and high character as a gentleman of honor carried much weight besides his position as chairman of the committee naturally influenced some votes he claimed to understand thoroughly the merits of the question from having in his capacity as chairman heard all the testimony and arguments which had come before that committee and a majority of the committee after due deliberation had reported against the proposed bill on closing debate i endeavored to state briefly the gist of the case 
that only a few years before the new york and new haven company had fixed their own price for commuters tickets along the whole line of the road and had thus induced hundreds of new york citizens to remove to connecticut with their families and build their houses on herefore unimproved property thus vastly increasing the value of their lands and correspondingly helping our receipts for taxes i urged that there was a tacit understanding between the railroad and these commuters and the public generally that such persons as chose thus to remove from a neighboring state and bring their families and capital within our borders should have a right to pass over the railroad on terms fixed at that time by the president and directors that any claim that the railroad could not afford to commute at the prices they had themselves established was absurd from the fact that even now if one thousand families who reside in new york and had never been in our own state should propose to the railroad to remove these families embracing in the aggregate five thousand persons to connecticut and build one thousand new houses on the line of the new york and new haven railroad providing the railroad would carry the male head of the family at all times for nothing the company could well afford to accept the proposition because they would receive full prices for transporting all other members of these families at all times as well as full prices for all their visitors and servants and now what are the facts do we desire the railroad to carry one-fifth of those newcomers for nothing do we indeed desire to compel them to transport them for any definitely fixed price at all on the contrary we find that during the late rebellion when gold was selling for two dollars and eighty cents per dollar this company doubled its prices of commutation and retains the same prices now although gold is but one-half the amount one dollar and forty cents we don't ask them to go back to their former prices we don't compel them to rest even here or simply say increase your rates pile up your demands just as high as you desire only you shall not make fish of one and fowl of another you have fixed and increased your prices to passengers of all classes just as you liked and established your own ratio between those who pay by the year and those who pay by the single trip and now all we ask is that you shall not change the ratio charge ten dollars per passenger from new york to new haven if you have the courage to risk the competition of the steamboats and whatever percentage you choose to increase the fare of transient passengers we permit you to increase the rates of commuters in the same ratio the interest of the state as well as commuters demand this law for it is once fixed by statute that the prices of commutation are not to be increased 
many persons will leave the localities where extortion is permitted on the railroads and will settle in our state but these railroad gentlemen say they have no intention to increase their rates of commutation and they deprecate what they term premature legislation and an uncalled for meddling with their affairs mr speaker an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure men engaged in plots against public interest always ask to be let alone jeff davis only asked to be let alone when the north was raising great armies to prevent the dissolution of the union the people cannot afford to let these railroads alone this hall crowded with railroad lobbyists as the frogs thronged egypt is an admonition to all honest legislatures that it is unsafe to allow the monopolies the chance to rivet the chains which already fetter the limbs of those whom circumstances place in the power of these companies it was at this point in my remarks when i received the telegram from my son-in-law in new york announcing the burning of the american museum reading the dispatch and laying it on my desk without further attention i continued these railroad gentlemen absolutely deny any intention of raising the fares of commuters and profess to think it very hard that disinterested and contentious gentlemen like them should be judged by the doings of the hudson river and harlem railroads but now mr speaker i am going to expose the duplicity of these men i have had detectives on their track for men who plot against public interest deserve to be watched i have had in my pocket positive proofs that they did and do intend to spring their trap upon the unprotected commuters on the new york and new haven railroad i then drew from my pocket and read two telegrams received that morning one from new york and the other from bridgeport announcing that the new york and new haven railroad directory had a secret meeting in new york the day before for the purpose of immediately raising the fares of commuters twenty per cent so that in case my bill became a law they could get ahead of me i continued now mr speaker i know that these dispatches are true my information is from the inside of the camp i see a director of the new york and new haven railroad sitting in the hall i know that he knows these dispatches are true and if he will go before the railroad committee and make oath that he didn't know that such a meeting took place yesterday for exactly this purpose i will forfeit and pay one thousand dollars to the families of poor soldiers in this city in consideration of this attempt to forestall the action of this legislature i offer an amendment to the bill now under consideration by adding after the word ratio the words as it existed on the first day of july eighteen sixty five in this way we shall cut off any action which these sleek gentlemen may have taken yesterday 
it is now evident that these railroad gentlemen have set a trap for this legislature and i propose that we now spring the trap and see if we cannot catch these wily railroad directors in it mr speaker i move the previous question the opposition was astounded at the revelation and the previous question was ordered the bill as amended was carried almost with a hurrah it is now an act in the statute book of the state and it annually adds many dollars to the assessment roll of connecticut since the protection afforded to commuters against the extortions practised by railway companies elsewhere is a strong inducement to permanent settlers along the lines of connecticut railways footnote the new york and new haven railroad company never forgave me for thus securing a righteous law for the protection of its commuters even as lately as eighteen seventy one the vendors of books on the trains were prohibited from selling to passengers this book which exposes their cupidity a parallel railroad from new york to new haven would be good paying stock and would materially disturb if not destroy the present railroad and express monopolies End footnote End of chapter forty part one recording by Linda Marie Nielsen Vancouver BC